Hi, I'm Jen Turner, and I'm a psychic medium. Hi, I'm Nadia Thorman, and I'm like the Ryan Seacrest to her Teresa Caputo. And we're here to have a normal conversation about weird stuff. Welcome to The Soul Spot. Hello, friends. Hello, everyone. How has your week been, Jen? It's been good. It's been very busy. Same here. <laughs> Lots of stuff happening. It's kind of one of those weeks. Is Mercury still in retrograde? I don't know. That's a good question. So we've got a really cool episode planned. I feel like, feeling on this, Jen. Okay. I feel like every week we get like a little more woo-woo. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel that way, too. We're peeling back the layers from you guys. If you're a new listener, please listen from the beginning. <laughs> I feel like it'll be uh, it'll be better that way. Yeah, yeah. There's just so many topics to cover, and people have been asking for this one, so I feel like it was time. We're ready. We're ready. So this week, we're going to be talking about spirit guides, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, but maybe don't know what it's about. Right. And we're going to go real deep with the spirit guide talk, but let's do some reading of the week first. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this week's reading um, was with somebody new. I had never met her before, and it was for a mediumship reading, which is always kind of my most nerve-wracking ones. Um like I get the most nervous for because I'm like, I don't know them and they want to talk to somebody in the spirit world. Like I hope it works again. <laughs> and then, um, and then I was actually really busy that day and I just like had kind of stepped away and, um, centered for a second and really quickly got so much information. So she, um, wanted, she came to me with some kind of like nervous energy, a little bit closed energy, um, and so I had to kind of walk her through the process. She had never done anything like this before. And then I said, let's just like get right into it because immediately I got her mom. So her mom came in so strong, oh, wow. like from the very beginning and you've got to love mom energy. Cause it's just like, there's no, there's nothing like it. Right. <laughs> like It's like, there's no question. This is your mom coming right. through. She's like making herself known. Yes. This is mama bear. She's all over you. Um, in the best way possible. So it was really cool to kind of connect with this woman and give this, um, give my sitter, give the client a really, um, peaceful, comfortable, like, um, healing session. So it was, it was really incredible. And some of the validations, some of them are just stronger in certain sessions than others. And I don't really know why it's just the energy works or maybe she's a stronger communicator or maybe I'm in more open setting. I don't know. But, um, she had brought through two nursing hats to me and I said, would she be a nurse or would you be a nurse? Or is there nurses in the family? Cause it feels like there's two. And she's like, I'm a nurse and she was a nurse. Wow. And so I was like, that's cool. Can't make that up. Right. Like, don't know anything about this girl. We are not connected right. on social media. You know, like there's just no way. And right. she's got a very common name. And then at the end, there was just like a few other validations of like her passing month, the way she passed. Um, and then at the end it was that she had, um, like a stuffed animal that her daughter 
now has. So the, the grandma had a stuffed animal that now the daughter has, which is an unusual message because you don't picture grandma having a stuffed animal and that was validated. So it was just really interesting. And like her, her wedding ring was passed down to her and there was just some really, really solid, cool validations. And then the messages of it were just as beautiful of like messages of forgiveness and like just genuine connection and that her love is just their relationship has gone through so much from since she was a child. And this is just one more transition of their relationship now that the relationship is still there. It's just different. Yeah. Wow. And so it was cool. And it was kind of like, um, she showed me, you know, their tumultuous teenage years and then, Uh, you know, just these decisions that she kind of judged her mom about and the mom knew she was judged. And so it was just really neat to see these like ups and downs that as any mother daughter relationship has. And then to see that, like she says, like, no, I'm still here. This is just like, I'm not going anywhere. I was, I didn't go anywhere during those times either. This is just a different transition. So it was really neat. It was really like one of those that will stick with me because like I said, some of them are just really crystal clear. And that one was, Oh, I love it so much. Okay, so for our topic this week, we are talking about spirit guides. And just to give you guys a little background, I was first introduced to this term by you, Jen. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'd never heard anyone talk about spirit guides before I met you. How old were we? Probably like 1920. Okay. And you would just kind of like throw it around real cash in your vernacular. Like, well, my <laughs> spirit guides told me that like I needed to like draw, take a road trip this week. So right. then we would like be on a road trip together. Right. And that's the <laughs> way you always used it growing up. And it would always be this like kind of casual, like it would even, it could be about life decisions or it could just be about, you know, something like what not, I'm going to wear that day. Not so heavy. Yeah. And you would always talk about your spirit guides, and I loved you for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that is what I remember always kind of you saying. And and we talked about it, like, on more of a surface level, I think, back then. Um, But, you know, you hear it all the time now, kind of like this more woo-woo world and kind of in the spirituality circles. It's very common for people to talk about their spirit guides. So... We want to break down what spirit guides are about, like what they mean to different people. Um, I was actually listening to a podcast last night. I was listening to the Mouthing Off podcast, and the guest was Chris Medina, who a lot of you have seen. Um, He's been in a lot of different TV shows, and he's kind of a local, well-known medium. And I sent the first five minutes to Jen. I was like, you have to listen to this. I love his backstory. Yeah. And he described growing up and always having his mediumship in like a very um, instinctive way. Like he didn't know anything else. He came from a Native American culture where his grandmother like really encouraged his gift. Right. And he always looked to his spirit guides for answers. And he describes them as like almost like a second set of parents. Yep. And a lot of times his parents weren't readily available to kind of give him the answers or guidance he needed. So his spirit guides were those caretakers. Right. So I want to read just this little passage that talks about spirit guides. And then I want to let Jen, I want to hear Jen's thoughts on everything because this is just so fascinating to me. All right. What are spirit guides? 
Since most spirit guides are beings who have lived at least some part of their existence on Earth, it's not surprising that they've come back to serve us. In fact, some guides may connect with us because they had familiar challenges in their earthly life and they want to offer their guidance to ease our way. Still, others may show up to help us in certain projects or tasks because in their past lives they were masters in discipline or exploring or working in. Spirit guides may also be family members who have crossed over and elected to stay connected with us from the spirit plane to offer direction and help. I'm going to kind of leave it right there. It goes on and on, and there's lots of different ways that people talk about spirit guides, even right. in terms of like angels and things like that. Yeah. So the way that the spirit world kind of draws the line on like what is an angel versus what is a spirit guide is that angels have never actually been incarnate. Right. So they've never walked the earth where spirit guides have. So they're people who have gone through the life process and then transitioned over. Um, most of them, I think when I do readings for people are, there's a lot of family members that kind of serve as spirit guides, whether they knew them or not. Um, for me personally, it's so weird because I've thought so much about like what I believe to be spirit guides. I believe in spirit guides, so don't get me wrong. Like I always have, but it's also not a very formal thing for me. So I've never really put, um, I've never really put kind of like context to what that is, I guess. So when you sent me that podcast yesterday and told me to like, listen to it or last night, what really struck me was when he said that they were like a second set of parents. And I think that that was like the most well put way of, of saying it that I've heard that I've been able to describe, um, growing up, it was always, it was always that it's really strange because I think when you are born with like a heightened sense of intuition or a heightened sense of connection to the spirit world, um, you never feel alone which is a blessing and a curse, right? Because you always feel like, um, somebody's watching you and guiding you, but you have this accountability to those people or to those spirits in a way of like, just simple things of like, you see a person on the street corner asking for money. It's like, why? I know I, okay, fine. I will. Like, I'm going to give them a dollar or something. I just feel, you feel that nudge as if there's somebody telling you that you have to do it. I remember describing this to my mom when I was young, asking her like, well, I feel like I, I need to do that. Or I feel like somebody's telling me to do that. And she said, that's your conscious conscience. Yeah. And that's how it feels Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, but it feels like that, um, in a personified way. Right. Okay. And it's all, it's not always about doing the right or wrong thing. Right. That's more like what conscious is about. It's more like, helping you in a decision or a path or a journey, like, right. It's doing the right or wrong thing for you. Right. Like it's a much more individual basis than just like, don't litter because that's terrible for the world. It's like, you have to do this for you. It's important in your journey that you do this kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But I mean, it really could be down to the smallest thing to the biggest decision. Um, there's always just this feeling of a presence around you. Um, I have like some crazy stories actually about my spirit guides. And I will say that there are people who have done far more deeper, um, like research and service and, uh, like they do like far deeper sessions about spirit guides than I've ever really dug into. 
Um, I give gratitude to them. I talk to them. I feel them. Um, and they will, you'll feel them the most when you need them the most, because that's how it works. That's when they're going to step in. That's when you're going to call on them the most. Um, I have a handful of experiences where I've like really felt them so strongly and it's hard because you don't want to discount relationship with God or relationship with self. So I don't feel like guides are in a replace of God. I don't think that guides are in a replace of self. I think that they're truly there to help guide you. Right. And, um, so a couple stories that I have just personally is that, um, one time my son, he must've been 18 months old, slipped on a step stool in the bathroom and split his eyebrow open. And I rushed him to the ER. I was alone. Dave had to stay with Avery, rushed him in. It was crazy. They had to like glue it and we had to like hold him down. And they were like, do you want to hold him down or do you want a straight jacket? <laughs> Basically I was like, I'll hold him down. And I remember holding him down and feeling as if there was a large man on top of me holding him down. Wow. And it was so weird because I didn't know this, I didn't know this spirit or I didn't know this soul. And then I realized it wasn't my guide. It was his. Oh, wow. And it was so weird in that moment. Like it gives me like the chills right now, even just saying it because I just, it's a memory I'll never forget of being like, and I remember praying to my, like praying to God and praying to my spirit guides, like, please be with me right now. It's so hard to hear your child just screaming like that in pain and having to hold them down and let them like clean it out and like, you know, do all that stuff. And I remember everything in me was pushing myself down, almost like you don't have a choice in holding him down, you know, like everything in me as a mom wants to just like not hold him down. And then there was this force forcing me to. It's weird because you, it's weird you said that about the man, because my next question for you was going to be, um, do your personal spirit guides, are they personified in like a male or female, young, old? Do you have any kind of like human characteristics for them? I do. Okay. I do. And I think you can, and I, to be completely like a hundred percent transparent, I don't know right. if that's me doing it mm-hmm. or if that's them coming through. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I know it helps me connect. It's very much like when you're pregnant and you feel like a being in you and you know, then when you know what the gender is, you can use it more appropriately, like the pronouns and stuff you can use more appropriately. And I feel like that's kind of what I've assigned. I will tell you this though. This is what's crazy is that, um, one of the first or not one of the, yeah, I guess like one of the first times somebody's connected with my spirit guides. Okay. So I had a session with a woman named Mary Jo Pulio. She actually has a podcast called Mindful Living Spiritual Awakening. And when I was going through like my spiritual awakening big time, um, she, like I was listening to her and I was like really kind of jiving with everything she was saying. She had a lot of data. She, she was very like scientifically driven in her approach and it appealed to me. I made, I made an appointment to have a session with her and she said like, can I connect with your guides? And I was like, sure, I'm going to be curious to see what she gets because I feel like I have a very, very like I have one that's like a very feminine guide. And then I have one that's like a very, very masculine guide. Um, and she said to me, you're going to appreciate this. She said to me, for some reason I'm getting like an Egyptian. And she said, it kind of feels like the eye of Hora or the eye of Ra. Oh, no way. And I kind of laughed because I have that tattoo. I have the eye of Ra on my back. And I said, I think maybe you're getting this wrong 
but like you're, you, I think what you're picking up isn't my spirit guide. You're picking up the fact that I have that tattoo. Right. And she's like, no, 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 honey. She's like, I'm picking up an Egyptian guide for you. And she's like, that guided you to get that tattoo. Right. <laughs> That's where I was going with it. Isn't it's that so crazy? Cool. Yeah. Cause I was like, no, she's probably just picking up that I have that, right. but she picked up that like one of my guides would be that, which is why I'm like very drawn to kind of like that Egyptian culture and like whatever. And so she, so it was kind of crazy. And she's like, and why did you get this tattoo? And she already knew the answer before she asked me. And I was like, well, I thought it would like service protection. And she's like, and that's what he does for you. I love it. And it's so cool because there are certain times, and I don't know if I personify him necessarily, but there are certain times when I need protection where I will almost like submit to it and be like, okay, like come in. Yeah. And I do think that people have more than one. Um, and I always call on my guides before sessions and like sometimes just in times, like what's interesting is whenever I'm in physical pain, they show up more. Mm-hmm. So like whenever I'm in physical pain, I will feel, um, their presence more kind of telling me, and it's almost like you have this dialogue with them of like, you're going to be okay. Just do this. Like it's almost over. Like take a deep breath. Like the, I just feel like I'm kind of, I'm kind of being guided and like coached to that. I'm going to get through it type thing. And I've had that since I was born. So it's hard to like, it's hard to know anything different, I guess. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but my feeling talking about all this is that you haven't done a ton of research on your end as far as how other people connect with guides or like the real um, technical language behind what people are saying. Like I'm clueless with all that. Right. And that's what I appreciate because to be honest, I think hearing this anecdotally is important for people to know like there's no right or wrong way to connect, right? No. And you just have to kind of like do what rings true to you. And there's, I mean, really who cares what you're calling it? I mean, exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, and that's why when people try to, exactly. And that's why people say like, they connect with their angels. I'm like, awesome. Right. They connect with their spirit guides. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, through the course of just like hardcore kind of meditation can kind of feel the difference a little bit, but I'm certainly no expert and I don't have like, I don't, I haven't really researched or studied it enough. I just know what I feel in my day to day. And I know when I'm being protected by them and I know when I'm being called in. There was one time too, um, where I was really sick. Do you remember the one time that I've ever had to be in an ambulance and it was like eight weeks after miles was born or something. And I had either food poisoning or the norovirus. They don't know, but I could not stop vomiting. And Um, I was super dehydrated. I was nursing. It was just like crazy. And I like passed out Mm -hmm. and I don't remember exactly passing out, but I remember feeling like I'll be okay because they're here. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I can, I can like just not worry about this kind of surrender. I can surrender to it because Mm -hmm. they're here. And I've done that a few times in my life, not to that level of severity, but there's been a few times where it's like, okay, I'm just going to like surrender because I feel them here. Mm-hmm. And like, they're going to kind of get me through or carry me through this. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that there's, I think people have found a lot of peace in connecting with spirit guides. Um, I don't know how many people have, I don't, I don't know if there's like a given number. I don't think that, that it's that calculated. Um, I do know that there's times that you can call on people, especially like ancestors for help, especially if it's in a vein that you know that they're in. Like if you are an entrepreneur and you have like an uncle who's in spirit world, who is an entrepreneur, like ask them Mm -hmm. that can serve as a guide. 
But, um, but yeah, these guys, my guides, I don't think I was related to, I think they were like assigned to me. Right. Wow. I love it. So, I mean, if anyone listening has ever felt that nudge or that feeling or something that feels like it's not coming from them, but it's coming from somewhere else, just kind of tune into that. Right. Yeah. And it feels very personal because it's probably a loved one or somebody in the spirit world assigned to look out for you. And I do think that there's, um, I think you've met them before. Right. My personal belief mm-hmm. is that you've met them before. So the presence will be a very familiar presence. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's really, it really is like a guide. And I talk to them all the time. One other quick story. Sorry. No, I love Are it. we okay on time? We're great. Um, one other quick story is that it was actually tied into my reading of the week this week is that I always do my meditation and I call in like my loved ones who have passed, um, my guides, God for protection and love. Like I do my whole ritual that I do. And for the first time ever before this reading, the guides stepped away and I could feel them step away. And I was a little bit like, okay. It was almost as if like, you're ready I don't need to be here, oh. like guiding you. And like it's the first time you. It was the that? first time. Wow. And I was thinking like this. Your training wheels. <laughs> it was really weird because I I was thinking about it and I don't want to jinx it, but I was like it was a clearer connection. Right. Like it was a clearer connection. It was almost like it's all right. Like you can just directly connect into source instead of like me guiding. Intercepting. You. Yes, intercepting and like protecting it. You can kind of do it, and it was cool. And like you know I. I don't know. I mean, all of this sounds insane, (laughs) but it was cool. Like, and and again, I can't prove it and I don't know for sure, but that's how it feels anyways. And, um, but yeah, I think spirit guides are absolutely a tool that you can tap into. I think you can bring, you can have a lot of comfort and a lot of peace. It feels a little bit different than intuition. It certainly feels different than mediumship. So you'll know kind of, because it feels more personal. That's the only way I can explain it. It feels like there is a mom or dad kind of over you. So wow. what about you? Do you have any like experiences? I'll be honest. I haven't really felt myself connecting with any spirit guides necessarily. I definitely connected with loved ones who have passed. Sure. And I definitely have those like moments of mediumship through kind of like meditation and definitely feeling like, I mean, I suppose they could be spirit guides, right? But I've definitely had those feelings. I've never been, I've never classified it in that way. And I don't know if that's just because I'm not like hyper aware of it and it's not on my radar or just because it's just, that doesn't come as naturally for me. I don't know. Right. But I've definitely connected with loved ones. Totally. You know, so I think it's all in that same space. I think if I kind of made myself more, aware of, you know, what that space looks like, maybe it would be easier for me to recognize it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure like once you kind of dig in deeper and now that we're talking about it, when you look back on memories, I'm sure you're going to be like, I didn't feel alone then. Right. And it's that feeling. It's the feeling of like, I wasn't alone then, or I knew to leave the party then. And it's like, there's an intuition aspect, but there's also a guidance with it. And that's what we call spirit guides, but it is hard to kind of quantify, I guess. Right. Um, you know what? I love hearing about all of this because I mean, like you said, the more I think back, there've been so many 
moments that I'm led with my intuition. There have been so many moments where I connect with a loved one who has passed and I, you know, I ask them in a moment of prayer for help and, you know, with a decision or guidance on something that we're going through or a crisis. And I felt that energy and that love there. So, I mean, tomato, tomato, right? Yeah, totally. I think spirit guide is like definitely more abstract and it's a little bit harder to wrap your mind around. Right. And I think everybody has this tendency to want to believe like spirit guides are these like native Americans. Like, and I think there's probably truth to some of that, but (laughs) it's badass. Like, but I mean, I want an Egyptian protector, you know, like that's really cool. Um, but again, like when somebody, when a third party kind of validates all that, it's like, feels more real, you know, than just like my imagination going there. Right. But yeah. And I also think again, um, I was left to my own, um, pretty like young, you know, like I was given a lot of freedoms Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I was younger. And so I think that that helped kind of build it to like build my relationship a little bit with them. Right. If you guys want to hear, um, about who I was talking about again at the beginning of this podcast, I'll repeat what I said. It's, um, the mouthing off podcast. And it's, I think the latest episode with Chris Medina really just listen to like the first six minutes because his whole backstory is so cool. And he does have Native American roots. I mean, right? Like, <laughs> it's just kind that's of that's like kind of what they. I mean, it's not. It sounds cliche, but listen, like most people that I know who are in touch with their spirit guides do. Right. Oh, I love it. Okay, let's do some soul science. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so today's article comes to us from the Mindful Word, and it is sensing energy. Five strategies to read people's emotional energy. Emotions are a stunning expression of our energy, the vibe we give off. We register these with intuition. Some people feel good to be around. They improve your mood and vitality. Others are draining. You instinctively want to get away. All right, and it kind of goes into talking about chi and life force, which I know we talked about last year. Yeah, we did. And all those subtle ways we can pick up on other people's energy. So these are five tips. Um, And the first one is sense people's presence. This is the overall energy we emit, not necessarily congruent with words or behavior. It's the emotional atmosphere surrounding us, like a rain cloud or the sun. I love that. I mean, I think that's just vibes 101. Totally. Okay. Number two. This also reminds me of Britt. Britt, you're getting a lot of shouts this week. (laughs) Watch people's eyes. Oh, yeah. We can make love or hate with our eyes. Our eyes transmit powerful energies. In fact, research reveals that people can sense when they're being stared at. We've talked about that before. Even when no one is in sight, an experience often reported by police officers, soldiers, and hunters, or people sitting in their cars. Am I right? Or women. Or women. (laughs) Notice the feel of a handshake, hug, and touch. We share emotional energy through physical contact, much like an electrical current. Ask yourself, does a handshake or hug feel warm, comfortable, or confident? I'm so about that. Like, I know it's you know, COVID world right now, but like I, when someone gives me like a really weak handshake, I'm like, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, listen for people's tone of voice and laugh. The tone of voice and volume of our voice can tell much about our emotions. 
Sound frequencies create vibrations. Some frequencies we can hear. Below an audible range, sound can be felt. Think of a bass vibration. When reading people, notice how their tone of voice affects you. Words ride the energy of a tone. It's warmth and coldness. That's good. All right. Sense people's heart energy. The most important aspect to read about energy is whether people exude a sense of heart. This is the loving kindness in us, our capacity for empathy, giving, and connection. When heart is present, you'll feel the warmth of unconditional love emanating from others, which makes you feel safe and at ease. I mean, I think this is the biggest one for me because, you know, we always, when we meet someone, you and I would be like, there are people. Totally. And it's that heart energy. Yep. And it's like, you feel it so fast. Yes. And I can always tell within like 10 minutes of meeting someone, if I'm going to be like friends with them, if we're going to hit it off. Right. It's interesting because heart energy is different than personality. Uh Uh-huh. So that's what's so strange is that we have a lot of friends with very, very different personalities, but their heart energy is the same. Right. You know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, that's kind of what you can sense in someone. Yeah. I I dig it. I dig it too. Okay. Are we ready for some Ask the Medium? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Some good questions this week. Our first one comes to us from Megan in Torrance, and she says... Do you think people know right before they're going to die? That is a heavy one. That is a heavy one. Um, based on my readings, I do. And I've done, I mean, as you know, like so many different readings with different ways that the people have passed, that spirits have passed. Um, sometimes it feels like they're in and out of their passing, like they kind of get a glimpse of spirit world and then come back to physical and then get a glimpse. It's like, they're kind of this in and out kind of like when you're waking up, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't know where, like, am I asleep or am I awake? Um, it feels that way, but, but I do think that most of them, I will say, have an idea that, um, that that's what's happening right before some of them have like strong premonitions. Um, I don't know. It's a hard question because sometimes it does feel like they are, they transition so quickly that like, they don't really know until they get there. Like, Oh my gosh, like that just happened. Um, like in cases of like tragic accidents or something like that, it's like they leave their body so fast that they don't experience the pain. They experience just the transition really quickly. So I don't know if they have those moments of premonition, but, but I will say most of the time in my readings, that um, they do know it's coming. Right. You always hear about these stories with um, the near-death experience too when they kind of get a glimpse and they talk about the white light and they see it and they feel like they're at home and it feels like good and familiar, but it, right. like, but it like not their time and they end up coming back. Yeah. Um, you never hear about those stories where there's kind of a sense of fear attached. No. So I think that's a really cool thing to reflect on is that I think from everything we've read and we know, and especially with you, with your readings, I think it is kind of a homecoming for them. Completely. I think some transitions happen faster than others, but I do think for the majority, like people who are, who have like a slower death or who are, um, 
like sick before they pass, they know when they're going to pass and usually they choose it. Yeah. You know, they'll choose after they say goodbye or something like that. And then it's their choice to kind of let go and transition. Um, but absolutely. I I will say that the messages this week have actually been, a lot of them have come through with that. It wasn't scary. Mm -hmm. Like I think people, you know, when you think of the physical body, it's like, Oh my gosh, that's so scary. That's so morbid. That's so fearful. And from the spirit, it's kind of like, no, it wasn't because I, I, I left that. So I left that just in time (laughs) for for it to not be affected. And another cool thing about the transition is that, um, a lot of the times they will have met the person who's going to help them transition before they do. So we have, I've had like a lot of people who, a lot of like cancer patients or something where they've been, it almost feels like in and out. And so they will have like their spouse or something And they kind of like see them in the physical. And sometimes people even have these accounts where it's like my grandma was talking to my grandpa before she passed. Wow. You know, like, and it's so cool because like, yeah, he was there right before she passed because he wanted to make sure he like met her in the physical to transit to transition with her. So, um, so I think that there's nothing scary about the transition for them. It's just scary because you don't know it, but once you experience it, it's beautiful. And I also think that when, um, you pass, like for us, for example, like on my deathbed, I will for sure be asking people to help me (laughs) go, you know, and like making it like a a send off of like me transitioning into like a party. I mean, have a party. (laughs) Yeah. Do it right. Do it right. (laughs) Okay. Our next question comes to us from Whitney in Dana Point, California. And she asks, I'm having a hard time letting go of an ex. Are there any meditations that will help me? It's a good question. Yeah. And I'm sorry to hear that. I know that it's hard when there's so much energy connected between two people and for it to, for you to like really let go of it, truly let go of it is really hard. You know, um, there's absolutely meditations that you can do. I would say as I feel like a broken record here, but, um, you have to stay with it, you know, and it's much like those affirmations that we talked about, or like the mantras that we talked about to really stay with it, like commit to that meditation and that mantra day in and day out for like at least 40 days. And then you will feel like a release. Even if it's like five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night, right? Yeah. Like, yes, absolutely. The consistency. It's the consistency of it. And there are people who have like these tangled kind of knots of their energy. So, um, and that's why there is like something really cool when you do meet someone, when you're like, okay, I feel like I know you or I've, it's like your, your energy has already been connected. So to, to disconnect that takes a lot of work, you know? And, um, and I also want to say this, I mean, obviously this isn't to do with Megan's situation, but just, I've had this in the past where it's been more, um, like abusive type relationships where they can't get rid of the person, (laughs) And they can't shake their energy. You said Megan, but Megan was from Torrance. Oh, who's this? About Whitney from Dana. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just wanted to like. No, that's good. Just wanted to crack that for a minute. <laughs> um, sorry. So Whitney. Sorry. Whitney. <laughs> um, this is not her situation. I'm not talking about Whitney specifically. I'm just saying that in the past there have been times where I've done readings with people who have been in abusive relationships and they still, they can't shake that energy. Even if they've left the person, they they're in a place where they don't want to be with them. They recognize how um, unhealthy that dynamic is, but they can't shake it. And it's hard because what happens is one text message, one phone call 
even thought will reconnect you. Mm -hmm. So it's like really trying to stay as distracted as possible in a way and to kind of really sever that at least for the time being to allow your body to kind of like, and your energetic body to heal from it. Well, that totally makes sense. I mean, it's like breaking a habit even, right? Right. A really basic level. Like you've got to just completely rewire your brain to not be dependent on that situation. So absolutely. Best of luck to you, Whitney. We're sending our love. Yeah. Um, You can do it though. I know you can. Well, this has been a really fun episode. Yeah. I thought that uh, the spirit guide talk was something, you know, we're getting, we're getting more weird with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're peeling back the layers. Thanks for, thanks for staying with us guys. Yeah. Hopefully you're still listening. Yeah. And we do take topics that you guys are interested in. So it's like that was brought to us by listeners. And so if you have other things that you want to talk about, bring it up. Bring it on. All right, Jen, where can they find you? Yeah, send me your ideas and thoughts and everything on Instagram at the.soul.spot. And you guys can find me on Instagram. It's my name, at Nadia Thorman. You can also listen to and follow my other podcast about pop culture at Poptown USA, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We love you guys. So love much. you guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.